Mosaic family, what's going on? What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Mosaic Midweek Podcast series on the Bible and the stories of those in our community who have grown up with it and have had changing ideas and have heard God speak to them today. We might have different thoughts and opinions and questions, but the hope is we can come together and communally ask and discern what God might be speaking to us and that we're hearing from God um, sensitively and lovingly. I hope y'all enjoy. What's good? What's good, everybody? It's your host, Zaru Fitzum. Welcome back to another episode of Mosaic Midweek podcast we still in here i hope you guys have been enjoying the conversations that have been had the stories that have been told and today we've got a special guest on this episode of mosaic midweek we've got caitlin formerly known as caitlin norman now caitlin thomas the most likely out of all of us to be on broadway with (laughs) lin-manuel miranda Uh uh the most likely to get a deal with McDonald's as their spokesperson or any other big franchise. Um, how you doing, Caitlin Thomas? What an introduction. Yes, yes. Wait, so my name actually is still Caitlin Norman because oh, Norman is my middle name. There you go. That's right. So it's still it's still accurate technically. Okay. But why am I the most likely to get a, a deal with a big franchise? Well, you you you've got that um well as Joel says, you got that dog. <laughs> I, I'm married to that man and I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I need help. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, there are things people are like good at. And you, you know what I'm talking about. Your family, y'all are pretty gifted in theatrics, mm-hmm. correct? And so yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you got a sister who is on the come up with a pretty uh a likely successful career she's had incredible opportunities at the age of 22 uh you've got an incredible voice you're very comfortable behind a mic or i've seen you argue um (laughs) to watch a movie very proficiently oh, pitch, yeah. pitch my argument as pitch to your why argument as to in the why. heights was the perfect easter easter R- afternoon movie yeah. right so if you need someone to pontificate on the grandeur that is mcdonald's or bojangles yeah i could probably whip something up pretty that, quick. that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's, i got gotcha. you that's, what I'm saying. that's so, really funny i feel like in broadway you could also convince us that you're eliza or whoever uh-huh. that would be the dream want to be. <laughs> yeah so but yeah welcome on how you feeling I feel great. Yeah. I uh, haven't brushed my teeth yet this morning. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't tell the podcast people that, but it's true. Uh, we're just out here in the basement. I yes. didn't know. I didn't know that the podcast studio was just the fellowship hall, yes, as yes. it were. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I love it. In my elementary school, we called rooms like this the multi-purpose room. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. it's multi-purpose. It's also my office. So welcome. Wow. It's very gorgeously decorated decorated yes decorated yes um i grew up in a southern baptist church when Mm. i was little so this is the fellowship hall yes where we have canned green beans for dinner mostly at the sbc church i went to they called it the same thing as fellowship hall but they use the greek word koinonia Uh uh-huh it's the koinonia Uh hall Uh it's a little holier yes if you use the greek word (laughs) yeah oh in in cahoots with saint paul so but uh yeah, we wanted to get you on today to 
just talk about what we've been talking about, uh, what your relationship with the Bible uh, and your development alongside it has been. Yeah, so can mm-hmm. you give us a little context as to how your relationship with the Bible started? Yeah. Um, I would say my first memory of the Bible me- being meaningful in my life in any significant way was when I was, I must have been, I was young. I mean, I must have been six or seven, but I could read. So mm-hmm. yeah, so probably six or seven because I could read pretty early. Um, I remember being a Christian, I decided that I wanted to follow Jesus and I knew that Christians read the Bible. Yeah. Um, cause I went to church and there seems to be a lot of Bible reading going on <laughs> and I had one. So I was right. like, okay. Uh, and so I remember sitting on my bed and being like, okay, I don't really know what to do with this giant book, praying that God would say something to me in the book. And then I did like, you know, the like really cute thing where you like let the Bible fall open right. and just start yep. reading yep. wherever it falls open, which is uh, maybe not how I would recommend reading the Bible. <laughs> but I did that, and it was there was the passage in whatever which one of the Gospels this happens in where Jesus gets baptized, mm. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I should get baptized!" Mm. And so then I did. I got baptized. Yeah. So this was like a few years after I came to the Lord. So, um, or I can't. I decided to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I again Southern Baptist. So I no asked Jesus into back. my heart. Yep. <laughs> And then I got baptized like any good Christian would. But that's my first, like, and I think that that was probably my approach to the Bible for a while because I, my, like, formational Christian life started really, really young. Mm -hmm. So my approach to the Bible for the first, like, however many years was, yeah, it was like, I know that this is a good thing. Like, maybe there are memory verses. Like, I I memorized verses. I had little note cards. Um but I didn't understand the Bible in context. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it as a story. Right. I kind of understood it as like, there are things here that I need to like glean as applicable mm-hmm. to my immediate context and act upon them. Right, right. And so that was like probably my, for a long time, my approach to the Bible. Mm. What With like your upbringing and continuous exposure around the Bible and church, did you do Awana? I did not do Awana. Okay. I'm aware of Awana. Okay. I did Nikki Norman's version of okay. Awana, which was like <laughs> little pastel colored note cards where we would write our memory yes. verses down and yes. then like memorize them. And then once I had memorized them, I got to put them in the scrapbook. And so, All right. So that's kind of how I, which I have no, I don't have any scripture memorized anymore. Really, <laughs> I don't. Like, I'll just tell you. it's It has not been a priority of my uh, spiritual formation journey. Maybe right. it should be, but. Right. And just for quick context, Awana is this acronym that means approved workmen are not ashamed. Uh And it's coming from that verse uh, in Timothy, one of the Timothys that says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a workman who does not need to be ashamed, but correctly handle the word of truth, which is very bizarre because Pastor West was talking about like, uh, no, no shade to Awana, very formative for me, Mm -hmm. but it taught, he's been talking about, don't just like read a single Bible verse. And that's what a lot of our uh, training was our, our memorization. Bible with these, drills, baby. Who can get it fastest? Right. Who can yeah. get it faster without mm-hmm. this understanding of genre, storyline, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I wanted to ask you in your upbringing and continuous exposure around the Bible, was there ever like shame associated with it? Even though your approach wasn't what mm-hmm. you said the most viable, was it enjoyable to you? Was it hard? What, yeah. What was that like? Oh yeah. That's a good question. Um, you know, it was almost 
uh, I'm pretty, I remember really loving God Mm -hmm. from a pretty young age and really being interested in God. And I think probably my experience of the Bible was a little bit removed from my love for God because Mm -hmm. I felt like I experienced the presence of the Lord, like when I was playing and when I was outside and when I was praying really. And I playing and praying, playing and praying. Yep. That's how I, that's how I knew God. And so it wasn't um, like contradictory in any way, but it just, that didn't, my reading of the Bible or time spent in scripture didn't really feel like um, a continuation of that experience. Mm. So it was a little bit like choppy where I was like, I read the Bible and, I feel like I should know some of these things, but it doesn't really make sense. Right. And, um, but I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a right. first child. I'm an oldest. And so I like got in there with that quiet time mm-hmm, every morning mm-hmm. and tried to read. And I just didn't, it just didn't really do anything, honestly. Right. Like in that approach to reading scripture of like, just sort of hoping that something would stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't really, I don't know if there was shame. It just sort of just felt like there was nothing. Like there was not a strong connection. The I, the only connection I remember feeling, and this is probably later, it may be like middle school and high school, mm-hmm. is I felt like very connected to the Psalms. Mm-hmm. When I read them, it felt like I have a lot of feelings and maybe the people who wrote these also have a lot of feelings. Right, right. And so even if I don't understand contextually why we're talking about the cedars of Lebanon, you know, right. like I, <laughs> the metaphors are still right. Hitting. I'm like, I don't, there's like sheep and goats hair. Like I don't really know, but I was like, Oh, there's a lot of feelings. Right. And I can identify with like one day I'm feeling like this is the best day ever. And the next day I'm like, you have abandoned me to dust and I want to die. Like right, I, right. I related to that. So, and I think, I under I began to understand that these are like oh these are someone's prayers mm. and like songs and and so that I think felt in line with my experience of the presence of God mm-hmm. um, and that's maybe the first part of the Bible that felt that way for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it kind of sounds like you've escaped <laughs> the at least in my circles in the Midwest the draw towards like doctrinal understanding and like aggressiveness that that it wasn't yeah. like from mean-spirited people but once they found a system of theology that helped them make sense of the bible verses uh-huh. they memorized or didn't memorize it's like oh i have some explanations for my relationship with god that helped me connect have some semblance of connection with the bible so were you pretty able to escape what i don't know uh for calvinists they call it the cage stage i don't know mm-hmm. what other people might call it but it's like you really buckled down on this uh, concept of the Bible and it guides a lot of your interpretation and your evangelism, et cetera. Yeah. I just, I wasn't academic enough for mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. that age. And I think that, um, my experience of God was much more formed by the people that I was in relationship yeah. with than maybe, um, my understanding of how to read scripture. And, and this is more in, you know, before I got to college, I would say once I was in college, um, I was a navigator, mm-hmm, um, which mm-hmm. we love, and I'm so thankful. And that was the campus ministry that I was a part of. <laughs> Sarah's laughing. <laughs> I don't want I'm not trying to shade I the NAV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to everyone in Mosaic who was part of the NAV. Shout to out to Nick. Yes. And all shout you out other to Nick Hamilton. Beautiful um, people, yeah. And shout out to those who are real, like, 
have developed systematic theology. Yes, we love yeah, it. Yes. And uh, yes, that's when I sort of learned to approach the Bible um, with what I like to call the colored pen mm. approach, which is just like we're underlining verbs, we're right. connecting, we're looking up Hebrew words, like we're yeah. really getting into the text. And that's kind of when I learned um, to approach the Bible systematically. Um, it was still, it was very much a, it was a different approach looking for the same result though, mm -hmm. because the result, like the thing I was looking for, even when I was just sort of like asking the spirit to guide me in a random moment right. was something that I could take, apply, master and move on. Right. And I think then in college, I learned a different way to approach that, which was like, figure out what this means right. like capital m right, like right. what does what is this saying and then go and do it and master it and be a good christian right right um wow. i think probably thankfully i wasn't disciplined enough to ever really learn <laughs> 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 like honestly <laughs> i didn't have enough yes, discipline I, get it. I didn't but i did like i i like led bible study for three years in college where yeah. I like taught other people right. to like take out their pens right. and like underline words. And, and honestly, that's not a bad, those aren't bad tools. Like no, to be no, able no. to get in there and it's yeah. like, Parsing I don't out grammar and all of it. It's, 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 right. it's great. Yes. If you do it well and right. communally and yeah. All yes. Going, yeah. But I think like I, what I recognized in hind then and now in hindsight was like, I didn't see the women in the Bible, the like young college women in the Bible studies that I was leading were not being changed or formed mm -hmm. by the word that we were studying. Right. It didn't happen mm -hmm. um, for the most part. Right. That's not how that those were not the moments. And, and I do think that scripture has the power to transform right. people right. because, because the gospel has power to right. transform people and the scriptures lead us to the gospel. So yeah, yeah. I, it, that never made sense to me. Um, and yeah, again, I, I wasn't disciplined enough to really like buckle down too hard, but it did affect, it was, it could be frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for a while, that was the way that I approached scripture was just yeah. the colored pen method. I went for it in Panera always <laughs> never like it had to involve coffee. Usually it was Panera, right. uh, on the strip, right. which is disgusting i don't know if you've ever been there it's horrible and that thing is just like it just like is the color brown like like muddy it's anyway <laughs> yes i feel like that's such a transcultural experience i thought it was like regional no uh, but like no no specifically amongst mm -hmm. there is something about baptist girls bibles yes and panera mm-hmm and pens, specifically white Baptist girls. Oh yeah. Bibles. <laughs> oh yeah. Panera and coffee. Like a but... white Christian girl autumn. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought... it's a little cold outside. Right. We have a chunky sweater on. We're like snuggling our coffee mug up to our chin like it's our best friend. Right. <laughs> and like also the Bible is there. Do you know what I mean? And like that was my, I mean, for sure. I was a practitioner Ooh. of you know what's crazy i just thought that was regional so but uh, but i also went through my uh white girl bible study sure. autumn state uh -huh. so uh, uh -huh. i'm glad to be of the number <laughs> incredible incredible so, so um kind of i feel like that description you gave of the different approaches you had and the exposures of mm -hmm. like memorize it or open the page mm -hmm. allow the spirit to lead you master it do it or 
parse out these verbs, mm -hmm. look at the story in greater context, see what's happening in the setting, ask the who, what, when, where, why what questions. What should I know or what should I believe? Right. What's the right thing to believe based yeah. on this? Yeah. And hopefully yeah, yeah. it can make its way down to my feet and hands. Maybe. And how? Right. No one ever told me how to do that. I was like, well, I think I checked this belief mark. I don't know. <laughs> so um, how have your ideas Yeah changed and yeah. like how have they kind of like developed where would you say you are now in light of your view of the bible and its um mm. efficaciousness mm, that's yeah. five syllables there you go ken yeah, over yeah. your life it's too early <laughs> it's too early for that many letters in a word um good thing we have our mcdonald's <laughs> yes, yes shout out to mcd's yeah um yeah it's a good question i think it started to change for me um, my approach to the Bible started to change when I remember really specifically my senior year of college. Uh, I, we did this, like it, the NAFs, uh, led by Nick Hamilton. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He introduced, um, what I think it was called like the 30 day challenge or something, mm -hmm. but it was basically an exploration of, um, really traditional, I would say close, more ancient uh, Christian disciplines of spiritual formation mm -hmm, that I had mm -hmm. never been exposed to before. Right. So there was like centering prayer, um, silence and solitude. There was um, like meditating. I was introduced to the concept of meditating right. on scripture. Right. Um, and I think like I really, I cannot probably overstate how formational those 30 days were mm. to opening my eyes to what happens um, when my approach to God and his word is more about um, what he is doing right. than what I am doing. Mm. I think like that's right, so, right. I mean, it, it's so difficult, I think, to describe what happens in a moment of revelation in the inner life. Cause you're like, something's happening. How do right. I put words to this? Right. But I think the most succinct way I could talk about it, it was like, oh, like it's what God is doing and, and learning to agree with him mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead of what I am doing. And the way that, uh, that changed my approach to scripture um, so it, so it was that, that, those like kind of that 30 day practice. And then also I was in, so I minored in religious studies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'd sometimes say I minored in Judaism. That's not really true, but I minored in <laughs> religious studies, but all my classes were based in Judaism. Right. So I, whatever, right. it's fine. Tangentially. Um, tangentially. Yes. Minored <laughs> in Judaism. And I remember so specifically, there was this one class, uh, early Judaism and the, the like main text was the. Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, mm, like the whole right. basically Christian Bible. Right, right. And I remember thinking like, why are we reading the New Testament if we're studying early Judaism? Like as if early Judaism wasn't was like only the Old <laughs> Testament. Like as if right. the New Testament wasn't written 2000 years ago. Right. And that was of course still part of early like Judaic history. Right, like second temple and right. all Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And I remember so specifically my professor who is incredible um, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe she was Jewish either, but she like found me after class one day. Mm -hmm. She's like, she asked me what my experience of the class was. And we were kind of talking about it. And she's like, you're a Christian. You lead a Bible study. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
yes. Mm-hmm. And I was so afraid. I was right. like, what is she going to say? Right. And then she said, yeah, okay, cool. She's like, well, like I enjoy your conversation in this class. My goal for you is to be a better Bible study leader than the people I overhear in Panera. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. That's Because the way that we were approaching, the way that I was approaching the Bible was not treating it like a like an ancient story right. written to a super specific, right. like a super, super culturally specific group of people. Right. Like thousands of years ago, absolutely between the Iron and the Bronze Age. Yeah, like yeah, if we're talking yeah, about yeah. the Hebrew Bible, you know what I mean. Like yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that is specific. Right. And like you don't. Well, I also think the like amazing thing about the Bible is that because, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit. Like it's accessible, right. and also it's like not something that you just like approach with a red pen, right? The way that you would like the Odyssey or yeah. Shakespeare, right? And so. I think it was so interesting that the Lord in his kindness, like gave me this like dual experience of like from, from a Christian spiritual place, introducing me to new formative practices, but also from like a completely outside perspective Mm -hmm. in academic space going like, here's, here's a critique Mm -hmm. of how I see Christians engaging with this Bible. That's supposed to be like our, our sacred Mm -hmm. text. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I'm advocating necessarily that we approach the Bible like an academic text, because that's not, it's 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 formative and we believe it religiously right, right? right like right, that right. that's where the religious part comes in is yeah. like i believe this as it's meant to form me and my life right. um but yeah i think that was kind of the moment that right. it began to change yeah 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 for me and from there um i would say the most the very most formative tool in learning to approach the bible in a with a better paradigm has been the Bible project. Mm, yes, like, I yes. mean, what the heck? Those guys are incredible. Absolutely. I mean, just the artistry and uh, helping me to understand the Bible as a story yeah, with yeah. different, and a story made up of different books with different genres right. and different um, approaches. Right. Uh, perspectives. Perspectives, yeah. 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 And, um, and as literature, like as art. Right, right. That is meant to is meant to for me instead of me figuring out what I need to get from it. Right. Right. So like even the practice of just like sitting down and reading it is a is formative. Yes. So that is that's where I am now. I actually just um, and this was wild for me. I last year finished the Bible, mm. so I like, read the whole thing. Yeah. And I had spent it took me two years, and I just literally read it. Like I didn't study it. Mm, <laughs> I just like yeah, yeah, yeah. read it. And I think even that is like, okay. Right. Like that formed me yes. in just the practice of reading the Bible as a story. And now I'm kind of going back through and studying with a little more with, with better tools, right. a little more in depth, not just sitting down and reading. And so that's a new experience. And mm. so I'm, I'm like experiencing the Bible in lots of different ways. And I, I, my prayer and hope would be that that would just continue to enrich and deepen as I meditate and study for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, there's a lot, a lot of rich, rich experience right there. And that Mm -hmm. story with your teacher is actually pretty incredible. Not just the invitation to better Bible study, but like the desire Mm -hmm. to see it happen. It's like, I I really believe Christians could be better at this. So you're right. I think it's devotion, it's meditation, but historical context, a lot of us are very... um, 
tired by that because of the mm -hmm. way we've seen like people like weaponize those things and For not sure. like handle them really well but historical context is 100 percent necessary to mm -hmm. experiencing the bible as the transformative text that it is and it does have the power to transform walter brueggemann uh old testament scholar um i call him brug sure Yes, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a cute nickname. Love he, it. he calls uh, the Old Testament specifically um, minority, minority literature mm. that is stuck in the face of unresponsive power, specifically yeah. empire. Yeah. Unresponsive oh, yeah. in one that does not hear the cries of its people, but there is still the God of Israel who hears and loves exiles. Who, uh, and through we just can't seem to hear the dissonance. Right, right. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so when it's removed from that framework and it becomes a book to exalt people to places of power mm -hmm. which it often has it's mm -hmm. like man the bible if we just follow along with it it will take us to high places mm -hmm. it's like well it was written to people lower than anyone else of us could have gone and and, and it doesn't mean that doesn't have any relation to us right yeah. enslavement is not just something that happened in the bible in fact um there's a book out there called Reading While Black uh, by Dr. Isama Macaulay, a professor at uh, Wheaton College. Um, and it's a black historical ecclesial interpretation of the Bible. And mm -hmm. it looks at how uh, enslaved ancestors viewed God as liberator through the narratives of Exodus, but throughout the whole Bible. And it right. is God's abrupt, but also sometimes his slow triumphs over those unresponsive powers that mm -hmm. just wanted to exploit mm -hmm. and hurt and damage and so it becomes transformative once we accept the slowness and realize the bible is not something to accomplish as mm -hmm. that ashton overbay shared that in her episode like yeah. the bible really was this task to complete right and if we just to got master. that done to master yeah. then we could uh, find our ways always every day in the embraced snuggle of our savior friend Jesus mm. and it, it ain't always like that no and so no I think I think what you're saying good it, it's historical context it's meditation it's community theology mm -hmm. and community mm -hmm. not just in your isolated places in those isolated places right. it's really important to develop that relationship with God and experience what Wes will be talking about later not just us reading the Bible but the Bible reading you and then also bringing that before others in humility saying and and before the church traditions mm -hmm. how have they in the past mm -hmm. understood God to be um, and how is he speaking to us today, which is what I want to ask you. Do you feel at this moment in life, uh, there's anything God is speaking to you that, mm -hmm. um, has encouraged your soul, has been challenging to you and could potentially be encouraging to others? Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. Um, I love what you said about, oh, gosh, I've never heard that before about the Bible being minority literature. That was really reading the Bible in the context or with the lens of power dynamics, yeah, yeah. Um, which was a big part of my uh, class training when I was a fellow, yeah. um, taking some courses from Johnson University. That was that was the focus of so learning right. to read the Bible through the lens of power right. um, and how the Trinity really models for us like empowerment right. that doesn't, that is, it doesn't corrupt power, right. right? There's no 
power over others. Um, it's merciful. It's merciful, yeah. and it's a surrender. It's a it's a cyclical surrender of right. power that actually ensures that all people are empowered. That's good. Yeah. Um, and so learning to read the Bible that way was also another another stage, right, in yeah. the journey of figuring out what this book is all about and what and who God is really yeah. Yeah. ultimately. Um, learning to read stories of of women, of um, the story, learning to read the story of Hagar yeah. from a merciful perspective yeah. or um, of learning how Jesus interacted with people who were considered, who were, who were the oppressed, they were the marginalized, they were the second class citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's huge. So just, I mean, that's not even what I'm learning right now, but yeah, I just reflecting right. on that yeah. is incredible. And yeah. it makes so much sense to me that of course you can't remove right the history of this literature from its original context. Right. Cause that's part of the story that God's telling is right. that the last will be first. Yes. Right. Like that is, this is, is central to the gospel story. Right. And, um, and, and it's okay when some of those cultural, like we feel the discrepancies and right. we, and it's unclear. It's okay right. to say that the Bible was unclear, yes. like in yes. light of those differences. Yeah. Right. And if, I mean, if white, plantation owners had to cut out parts of their right. Bibles in order for it to be safe right, right. for their slaves to read. Yeah, that yeah. tells us something about the liberation right. that the Bible right. is encouraging and is the story of liberation that the Bible's telling. Right, right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think right now, interestingly, interestingly, the theme that keeps coming up, and I don't know why, like this is not something that I've, I'm still meditating on this and I don't know why. The thing that keeps coming up is um, Sabbath rest mm-hmm. for me. That's come up in my own meditation. Um, it's come up in, sometimes I follow the Anglican calendar and mm-hmm. I'll just, just say like today we're jumping into whatever the reading is for today. It's come up there. It's come up in a couple sermons that I've listened to recently. Um, and the idea of Sabbath as rest, but also the theme of Sabbath as completion. Yeah, yeah. Um, the theme of, of Sabbath as completion and the story of the Bible, the story of God, really, that the Bible's revealing, leading to a final rest mm. where we'll get to just lay down burdens and cease striving. And that is the story of hope that we're looking forward to. Mm. And how can I practice? the anticipation of sabbath right now right so that's what i'm learning that's good that's good well thank you caitlin norman thomas for joining us on here uh y'all can get your tickets to her next show at (laughs) at the knoxville the the tennessee theater next week it's called joel and kate Mm -hmm. that's right and yeah bye